eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Every few weeks, we will be doing what we like to call a temperature check. So what that means is we will talk about some of the players on the Nick roster, kind of just get a feel for like where they stand right now, um, what it looks like they will be going in terms of, of, of this season, how they've played so far, and kind of what's the outlook for them moving forward. So I want to take the time today to discuss one of the more important and one of the more polarizing players on the Knicks, that being rj barrett so barrett as you guys know dangled in trade offers for donovan mitchell before he eventually did sign the four-year extension worth up to 120 million dollars this offseason barrett ended last season on a tear i think if you look at the calendar 2022 part of last season he was pretty phenomenal this year that has not been the case uh, he has struggled with his def- efficiency we've seen his points Dip from 20 points last season to 18.2 this year. The field goal percentage right now sits at 40.3. Uh, his three-point percentage is at 28.5%, which is the lowest of his career so far. So when we uh, look at RJ right now, Tommy, are you concerned or is there a reason to be concerned about where his development is here in year four based on where we kind of saw him going from rookie year to year three last year where he finally got to 20 points a game? Yeah, so let me start out by this. A lot of talk about the the contract extension. Um, I think the contract will be fine. Um, he, uh, when you look at the salary cap, um, the, the 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 CBA, um, the league's deal with the TV networks expires following in, in 2025. There's talk to like 750 billion dollar new contracts. It's gonna be a ton of. There's gonna be a windfall of money coming into the league. Salary uh, salary cap's gonna skyrocket. Talk where it might be, you know, upwards of 150, 160 million dollars um, uh, per team. So th- that being said, there's a good chance that RJ Barrett's 
percentage of the Knicks salary cap will be like 18%, 17%, 19%, below 20% most likely in the, in the, in the final two, three years of that contract, um, which makes it a lot easier to swallow. Um, And you know what RJ is going to bring to the table. He's going to compete. He's going to try hard. He's going to say all the right things. Kid came into New York as a 19 year old and handled it flawlessly. Yeah. Parents, both, you know, St. John's alums, um, you know, dad, you know, uh, a major player in the Canadian basketball scene, RJ yeah. top recruit, top player in his, in his class from like eighth grade on he's dealt with the interviews and slam magazines and the hype and the star freshman at Duke who playing with Zion and Cam Reddish and championship expectations, et cetera. Um, so you love what you see from the kid off the floor, never throws any uh, an opponent under, you know, a teammate under the bus, um, you know, shows that he cares, you know, he plays with an aggressive and attitude, um, you know, isn't complaining to the refs too much. He just he's a very easy kid to root for, really likable person. Um, yeah. And that helps for something um, because some people just can't handle New York. He can handle New York. That's the good. Now we get okay. to the, the, the reality of the situation is yeah. um, you can't like what you've seen from RJ Barrett over the first um, six weeks of the, of the, of his now fourth NBA season. Still relatively young, but he's got three three plus years in the league. He's 22, um, and things are trending in the wrong direction. Um, you know, shooting a career low from from downtown, as you mentioned. You know, barely above 40 percent from from the floor. Um, I'd have to look at the numbers, but my guess is if you go back to the start of last season, out of you know all players who are averaging over 15 field goal attempts per game, he probably has the lowest field goal percentage of every player in the league. Um, you know, and, and, and and especially lowest, uh, effective field goal percentage when you factor in three point shooting, um, and, and his free throw shooting is actually making his free throws this year. Um, defensively he's, you know, that's the one thing, you know, we, there was at this point last year or going into the last season, you know, he's talking about, I want to become an all NBA defender. And we just haven't seen that on a night in night out basis. Um, that being said, can he, bounce back and have a solid second half of the season. Sure. He did it last year. He's had slow starts of the season, but um, again, we're 25 games in now. It's not like two weeks. Um, we have a decent sample size um, and he hasn't shown the consistency um, that, that, that Nick fans will like, obviously. So there's, there is concern there. Um, not jumping off the bridge concern, but you, you can't be happy with what you've seen this far. Yeah. I think that's a realistic way to put it. I mean, is there concern? Yes. Am I panicking? Am I uh, throwing my, all my stock out of RJ? No. Um, I think he's still at a young enough age where you can still see him become an all-star caliber player. I don't know if I say a superstar caliber or anything like that. I think that that's probably, you know, I don't know if I'd go that far at this point. But could he be, uh, uh, you know, someone not the same kind of player because they're different kind of players, but someone, you know, kind of like a Chris Middleton, like someone who's an all-star guy, maybe a second on, on a guy with, with next to another superstar, possibly. Um, we've seen guys like Jimmy Butler make all-star game, their first all-star game at 24, 25 years old. Zach Levine didn't make it until 24, 25. Uh, Kawhi Leonard didn't make it until around that same age. So I, I think that we're probably a couple of years away before we really have to start thinking, okay, maybe RJ, it really is just kind of like an above-average player, and we kind of move on from there. But what I will say is – there, there is some concern, and I think some of the concern comes from parts in his game where it just feels like things that were taking a turn in the right direction have suddenly gone south. So the first thing you mentioned is defense. 
Uh, there was signs in year two where it seemed like he was going to be a two-way monster. It, he really uh, – I don't remember that game where they played against the Clippers late in the season. It was a crucial game uh, that had kind of helped them kind of clinch at least a spot in the playoffs. We didn't know if they'd be, you know, a top four seed or whatever. They played a – it was like Saturday or Sunday afternoon, and it, he was guarding Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the stretch. And he locked them up, and they won a crucial game. Julius Randle hit some big shots. That was maybe the best win of that next season. And you kind of looked at that game and said, wow, if this is what RJ can become, he actually had a really good game offensively that game. You're like, if this is what RJ is going to become, the Knicks really may have a young star on their hands. And uh, last year didn't start as great defensively, played a little better, but then the offense really picked up in the second half. I watched him defensively this year, and he looks unrecognizable. I mean, guys blow by him regularly. I don't know if he's put on a lot of muscle, but it almost feels like he may have lost some quickness because it just seems like he's not able to stay in front of guys the way he used to. I don't know. Some people have lamented his effort. I don't know if it's an effort thing. I, I just don't know if he's as quick as he was even just a couple of years ago. So the defense is concerning. And then the three-point shot is concerning. Because this is a guy, it's crazy to think when you watch the way he shoot now, that he shot 40-plus percent from three in year two. And I know the teams are rotating off of him. He's getting a lot of clean looks. But he's getting a lot of clean looks this year, too. Because teams are rotating him off, na- off him now. Because they realize the scouting report says, you got that's the guy you got to let shoot. And he was drilling them in year two. And year three, he struggled to start, but then picked it up in the second half of the season. He started to look more like the shooter we saw last year. This year, I mean, it's high dry sometimes when he shoots the ball from three. And it, it's it's it, that's alarming because it's, it's you see a guy start off a certain way as a shooter, then get to a certain point and say, wow, okay, even if this is the ceiling and maybe he dips off a little bit, like he'll be in that 36, 37 range. Even if it's 35, you're like, okay, that's pretty good. And now we're, we're we're sub 30 right now. And again, these are some of these misses aren't close. They're, they're really bad misses. Yes. And I, you know, I tweeted, it's funny. I tweeted a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, uh, it might be time to get Drew Hanlon out of here. <laughs> I know Drew Hanlon's his longtime uh, trainer. He trains a lot of other players, Jason Tatum, uh, Joel Embiid. He's worked on their jump shots and RJ accredited to Hanlon for his jump shot in year two. And I, I didn't watch the ESPN broadcast, but apparently on the ESPN broadcast of the last game with the Hawks, they said that, Drew Hanlon's now in New York trying to fix his shot. So I don't know if, if more time with Hanlon's going to help, but that that has been his training. Like he's, he was working with him all offseason, you would assume. So uh, I, I don't know what to make of that. It was noteworthy that last year when Jimmy Butler was in a tailspin with his jump shot, that Hanlon actually moved to Miami and started working with Jimmy Butler on almost a regular basis. And Butler credited his jump shot kind of being fixed last year to Hanlon. So Maybe this time with Drew is going to help. I don't know, but it's kind of alarming to see his shot kind of fall off a cliff the way it has recently. So those things are certainly concerning. You know, we know RJ is going to be aggressive, always going to the basket, but even the finishing sometimes still, it looks like he doesn't have a plan. He just looks looks a little uncertain right now. I think his confidence, he's never going to not stop shooting, but sometimes lack of confidence doesn't mean you're not, just shooting. I'm not like confidence means you kind of do things without really thinking it and not having a plan. And then uh, a guy who's usually a much better finisher than we've seen this year. I think you're seeing him get into the paint and kind of just look lost. And, and, and that's, that's, that's the low, those to me are the concerning things I've seen from RJ so far. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I think that's a, a really important point is the thing that frustrates me with RJ is his inability to kind of see the floor when he's driving, he just kind of puts his head down and, and figures yeah. it out and throws up shots, gets fouled, you know, a decent amount um, and gets to the free throw line. He's been knocking out his free throws, but um, I tweeted a, a couple games ago, he should look to follow what Grimes has been such a better, such an improved facilitator when he drives and dishes off to, to Mitch Robinson or Hardenstein, um, whoever's the big, you know, kind of in the middle of the floor, um, Grimes has done a really better job. Grimes has talked about working with Penny Hardaway, and that's kind of yeah. really the focus of his offseason was on improving the, as a playmaker. Um, we got to sh- we got to see him showcase that in Vegas um, when he did a really good job and was handing out like five assists a night. Um, so that's one thing I think RJ needs to do. Um, there's been some really blatant misses when he's driven and yeah. you know, wide open in the corner, waving their hands, um, and he's missed them. So that's something that he needs to improve upon. And I think with the confidence thing, I think uh, I think it's related not only to his decreased efficiency from from downtown, but also his his defense. I think it's affected. His missing shots, you know, slumps his shoulders a little bit. Um, and he's a human being, you know, like when you're yeah. not. And you feel like you're not playing as well as you should. Um, I know even when I play pickup ball, I just get insanely frustrated and it, you allow it to impact other, you know, other aspects. Um, so we'll see if it, it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of, um, and that's something Tibbs has talked about in the past, even with Randall last season, um, you know, part of the reason he kind of excused away that the, the incredibly poor defense was because, you know, he shot wasn't falling and got into yeah. his head. Um, so we'll see, but um Again, the, the the thing you know uh, you like about RJ is I, I, well, I think fans like underestimated him coming out of Duke. Then we went too high on him. Now we're a little bit too low on him. Like I think RJ's you know kind of trajectory and his ceiling was probably like the third best player on a good team. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't and I haven't really altered that opinion much. You know, I'll find ways to contribute. Um, good size, good length. Shouldn't be a defensive liability. Can contribute defensively. Um, you know, it was a good teammate, you know, things along those lines. So, well, I don't think he'll, he'll reach that all-star status. Um, that's not necessarily an indictment of him or his game. Um, I, I just think he can, if he can settle into a role and you need players like RJ, you need players that are content in that role as, as like the, the third banana. Um, you know, if Nick Scott Mitchell and another good player, or, you know, there's talk yeah. about Jack Levine. He, he's a guy, I think that you can fit, you know, he's versatile enough that he can fit no matter what star you want to bring in um the guy you keep around as part of the foundation um you know going forward and with rj it's like i i feel like with him you're right in that like he's very resilient like what we've seen from him is even in games like the cleveland game where like that first half i talked about high drives on those shots i mean it was like oh my god what are you doing and then i mean second half (laughs) he shoots four or five uh he's one of the really catalysts to them getting that win and We've seen it in game. We've seen it in seasons where he can go on stretches of like a month where he can't yep. buy a shot and he'll go on a two month tear. Like it, he's, he's a, he's a very resilient player. So that's why I feel like I, I still can't give up on him because of how young he is. But I think I would like to see him maybe lose some of that muscle mass, get back to a little bit more dexterity. I think it will help him on defense. I think it will help him on his drives. I think it may help him with his jump shot. Like when you, when you're like, when you get really thick and you, you, you arms swell up, like, and you're trying to shoot, like that affects your shot. Like you're not used to being that big. Like it takes a while before you actually kind of figure out like how your body even works. 
So right. I don't know if even that's having a, a doing having an issue. Like when I watch tape of him in year two and look at how he looks now, um, I don't think he's out of shape. I think he's 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 ripped, but but he's just he's bulky now. And right. and year two he was a lot more slender and uh, he shot the ball a lot better then. He he was a lot quicker defensively, and then maybe he wasn't as strong going to the basket or, or able to uh, match up with some of the more physical players. But I think he's lost some of his game with that. So I think that is something that we'll have to watch. Uh, I, I still feel like, I don't know how about you, how about you feel, Sam, Tommy? I feel like he's still, I would still consider him a cornerstone right now. But I think I went into year, I went into this offseason saying that I really didn't want to trade him under most circumstances. I can't say that anymore. Like, I think this, I've seen now this year, I'm like, okay, seeing how good Mitchell has been, and seeing RJ struggles, I'm like, if, if the Knicks have a chance to get a guy the caliber of Mitchell again, they can't miss this time. Like they can't, they can't. And I don't know about giving up four first round picks. I, I wouldn't have done that. Right. But like I was really even against giving up RJ. And that I think is kind of sailed for me, at least the way he's played so far this year. Yeah, I I was on board with trading him. I thought, you know, before you know, signing that extension, it probably would have let another team kind of commit to him long term. But um I was also assuming that he would that his that the agent, you know, that that his agency would demand, you know, closer to the max. It's you know, he signed for 120, but only 107 of it's guaranteed. And yeah. unfortunately, the kind of way you look at it. It's, you know, it's unlikely he's going to reach those that $120 million right. upper end of the threshold. Um, but, yeah, the way it stands now, um, you know, you move him in the right deal. If the right deal comes along, I know a lot of Knicks fans would be upset by it. Um, but, again, I think, you know, you need superstars to win in the NBA. Um, and if he can help you get a superstar, that's, that's a deal. Because I, he just, he's not going to ascend to that threshold, in my opinion. Could be wrong, of course. Um, but I just see a ceiling cap that, you know, like, a, is he ever going to be a top 25 player in the NBA? Probably.